Hey, y'all. Welcome back as we continue our journey back into the book of 2 Samuel with chapter 7, where we have the Davidic covenant between God and David. And God pours out a covenant, and it's a unilateral covenant. And it's a covenant that says, no matter what you do, whether or not you sin, I am going to bring this forth through your line, there will always be a descendant of you on the throne for eternity. And we know that happens because of Jesus. And Jesus is the Lord of Lords and the King of all Kings. And he's our eternal Lord and our eternal King. And we'll go ahead and get started here on this in verse one of chapter seven. When King David was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies, the King summoned Nathan, the prophet, Look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedar palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. And I'm going to pause there for just a moment. Cedar was very, very valuable. And he is living in this in this palace. He has rest. God has given him victory. And he is in worship of God. And he, he honors the presence of God and puts the presence of God above all else. In the previous chapter, he lost himself in worship to God and God alone without care or reserve for what anyone else thought about him at all. So now he's sitting in his palace and looking around and he realizes like, I'm in this beautiful building, but the ark of God, where the presence of God resides, is sitting out there in the tent. And as he's thinking about this, he's like, I I don't like this. So in verse three, Nathan replied to the king, go ahead and do whatever you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. Well, he didn't pray first or ask God. He's just like, well, God is for you. So do what you want. In verse four, but that same night, the Lord said to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, this is what the Lord has declared. Are you the one to build a house for me to live in? I have never lived in a house. From the day I brought the Israelites out of Egypt until this very day, I have always moved from one place to another with a tent and a tabernacle as my dwelling. Yet no matter where I have gone with the Israelites, I have never once complained to Israel's tribal leaders, the shepherds of my people Israel. I have never asked them, why haven't you built me a beautiful cedar house? Now go and say to my servant, David, this is what the Lord of heaven's armies has declared. I took you from tending sheep in the pasture and selected you to be the leader of my people, Israel. I have put, I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have destroyed all your enemies before your eyes. Now, I will make your name as famous as anyone who has ever lived on the earth, and I will provide a homeland for my people Israel, planting them in a secure place where they will never be disturbed. Evil nations won't oppress them as they've done in the past, starting from the time I appointed judges to rule my people Israel, and I will give you rest from all your enemies." Furthermore, the Lord declares that he will make a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For when you die and are buried with your ancestors, I will rise up one of your descendants, your own offspring, and I will make his kingdom strong. He is the one who will build a house, a temple for my name, and I will secure his royal throne forever. I will be his father and he will be my son. 
If he sins, I will correct and discipline him with the rod like any father would do. But my favor will not be taken from him as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from your sight. Your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time, and your throne will be secure forever. So Nathan went back to David and told him everything the Lord had said in his vision. So we're going to pause here a couple of things. This is the Davidic covenant. It's it's a unilateral, unconditional covenant that no matter what, God's going to bring this forth. And it's a formal agreement. And so Noah's, the covenant with Noah was also unconditional. And it was based on unconditional terms, like no matter what, I'm not going to flood the entire earth again. Here's a rainbow as a sign to prove it. And it's based on a, a an unconditional unilateral covenant is based on the word of God and the word of God alone. There's nothing that we do to bring that forth. God said he's going to do it and he's going to do it. It's a promise. The Abrahamic covenant was also unconditional and unilateral that he will have lots and lots of descendants, more than the stars in the sky or the sand by the ocean. And God alone passed through the sacrificed animal to prove that he alone is bringing forth this covenant promise. The Mosaic covenant at Mount Sinai in Exodus, this was the first conditional covenant. There were a lot of if and then statements. Listen and be blessed. Don't listen and be cursed. If you don't do what you're supposed to do, you will be cursed. And that covenant was the very first covenant that involved anything for the people of God that they would have to do to be blessed in in that covenant. Well, this covenant is unilateral based on God and God alone in his word, saying that the dynasty of David, the line of David, the kings will reign on the throne forever. And this was a pivotal moment in the life of David. And he's this is a word of fulfillment for current, immediate, as well as the distant future. And God makes this covenant with David and he's establishing David's line forever. And he says that he, he's, his steadfast love will not depart from David. He's going to love David even if he sins or falls or no matter what happens, he, he loves David just like he loves us. And he never will stop loving us. No matter what we do, he won't stop loving us. His love for us, it is greater than we can comprehend. And he, nothing we do can ever make him love us more or less than he loves us. Because he loves us in a God love that is beyond what we can even mentally fathom. And he's telling David that there's going to be a rise of an eternal throne. And this rise of this eternal throne, it's unfolding in, in this kingdom. It, it's going to be continued on through the descendants of David. And Nathan brought this word. He's like, ah, God's with you. Do whatever you want. But God corrects him. God's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Don't get ahead of God in God's schedule. We need. We know that Solomon, David's son, is going to be the next king, if you've read ahead. And you you know that Solomon's going to build God a, a, a place to dwell, a temple. And the, it's not for David to do. David is a warrior. And David is reigning as the king of Israel. And David needs to focus on what David needs to do. And David 
is going to be a means to advance the promise and the blessings given to Abraham. He'll, he'll build David a house. God is building David a house and he's building David up. And then one of his sons will build a house for God to dwell in Solomon. He's going to build a house for God among his people. And this, this son who builds God house is God's house is going to be like a son to him. And God will discipline when he sins with rod, rods of men, meaning he's going to allow other nations to discipline lines of his sons when needed. But he will be a son for God. And no matter how bad it gets, no matter what choices are made, God's love will not depart from him. His love is going to remain eternal and his love is eternal for us as well. And again, this is an unconditional covenant. And the parties are of this covenant are David and his lineage and Yahweh, God. And the terms are that God is going to give David a son who will build a house, but it's not right now for this time. And that the line of David is going to carry on and be a part of the throne of God for all eternity. And he establishes that one of David's sons is going to sit on the throne forever. And this is a kingship. It's not a building. It's not wood. It's not stone. It's an eternal kingship. And we know that Jesus is our king. And there's no need for David to build a house right now because God said he's working on something bigger. He's working on something better. God's ways are always bigger and better than anything that we could do or decide on or think on on our own. God is doing something huge here and it would be inappropriate for for David to build a temple. And Nathan hears all this for the first time and God brought this massive plan. God intervened and David just simply has to receive it. He doesn't do anything to get it or have it. He just has to receive this word and this plan and trust that God is building a temple greater than he could ever imagine. And God intervenes and he's like, whoa, 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 let's bring the right word here. So we'll continue on in David's response to this in verse 18. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed. Who am I, O sovereign Lord, and what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. Dynasty, do you deal with everything this way, O sovereign Lord? What more can I say to you? You know that your servant, what your servant is really like. Sovereign Lord, because of your promise and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known to your servant. How great you are, O Sovereign Lord, there is none like you. We have never even heard of another God like you. What other nation on earth is like your people, Israel? What other nation, O God, have you redeemed from slavery to be your own people? You made a great name for yourself when you redeemed your people from Egypt. You performed awesome miracles and drove out the nations and gods that stood in their way. You made Israel your very own people forever, and you, O Lord, became their God. And now, O Lord God, I am your servant. Do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Confirm it as a promise that will last forever. And may your name be honored forever so that everyone will say, The Lord of heaven's armies is God over Israel. And may the house of your servant David continue before you forever. 
O Lord of heaven's armies, God of Israel, I have been bold enough to pray this prayer to you because you have revealed all this to your servant, saying, I will build a house for you, a dynasty of kings. For you, O God, are our sovereign Lord. Your words are truth, and you have promised these good things to your servant. And now may it please you to bless the house of your servant so that it may continue forever before you. For you have spoken, and when you grant a blessing to your servant, O Sovereign Lord, it is an eternal blessing. So David gets it. He receives this, and he the first thing in response, he sits before the Lord and prays. And how often do we rest in the fact that, that God is God and he is in control? And how often do we just sit before the Lord and pray and spend that intimate and personal and humble time with God. And David does this. And this is an example of worship, intimate worship with all of his heart. And this is in Luke 1 they God said, sent a messenger to say these similar words to Mary regarding Jesus, that he is going to come and reign and be the king of kings and the sovereign Lord. In Revelations 21 through 6, it tells of the fulfillment of this forever eternal promise. And David's response is in gratitude for present favor. And God is not done with his people. He still holds a plan for his people, for Israel and for all of us as well. And he He is doing this for his people. In this response that David gives, this is our prayer in our story. Just that humble humility of knowing that, that God has us and we can rest in him. He is eternal. He is forever. And when we choose God as our Lord and Savior, we know he has us. He petitions for future and he petitions for the fulfillment of God's promises. And he says, look, do what you said you'll do. And we can stand firm on the promises of God and his eternal fulfillment that he has us. And we are safe in the arms of God forever when we choose Jesus as our savior. And we can rest in that and, and know that and have peace and joy and contentment in that, that our God is in control and we can trust him with everything in us because he's got it. And we know that. So we will continue on tomorrow with chapter eight. Thanks y'all. Have a great day.